Welcome to Biggest Geek Us. We're your hosts. I'm Randy. I'm Joe. This is episode 155 of our show, and the date is Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. September already. Yeah, man. Past Labor Day. I was off today again because, you know, I have a cushy uh, academic job, so we get an extra day off. Dirty, so, rotten academic. I am a dirty, dirty, rotten academic. But tomorrow I have to work. But I got to work two days this week, so you should feel bad for me. I absolutely don't. Oh, Joseph, I can't believe that. You're hurting my feelings. So I noticed my Twitch well, comment. you are an academic, so, so we know about your feelings. True, true, true. <laughs> you only got one person on Twitch, and that would be me. But we got David Gwill in the house, Arn Man, Darth Dick, Larry Elliott, and Flady. Flady won. Flady. Rolling in. So, yeah. So what, what did you do this week? Exciting, Joe. Any sweet gaming action? No. This long weekend? Oh, well, you didn't get it, did you? Well, I got Monday off. Sunday and Monday. Yeah, the one guy that's got a leg up on me here, Mr. Larry Elliott, says he feels bad for me because that little turd burglar doesn't work at all. He is El Retiro. He's just he's just being uh, super nice, so you'll give him stuff in game. He knows that don't, that's not how it works. Even if you are nice, I give nothing. Expect nothing in my games. Nothing but trouble and headache and heartache for your character. Right, Joe? Pretty much. No, it's it's <laughs> fine unless you want, you know, your character to have uh uh money and magic items. Why would you if want you're that? You're fine with being a pauper your entire character's entire career, then you'll be happy at Randy's State. If you're a 14th level wizard and you can barely scrape up scrape up enough enough gold to buy a first level spell scroll, I feel like you're doing pretty well. Yeah, because that 14th level wizard will probably not have any spells beyond third level. Correct. He'll, I mean, he'll, he'll have all the spells that he needs, that he gets from his level advancement, if, right. if any, depending on the system used. Right. But if it's my system, he won't get those either. Are hey, we blurry? Yes, yeah, so our man says, are you guys blurry? We're very clear on Rumble. Uh, let's see, where is he at? He is on YouTube. Let me look on YouTube. Uh, let's see here. Hey, that wasn't supposed to work out that way. Um, Bruce Lombardo of Dix Divisions dropping his advanced bestiary comment says, we are starting Tuesday right. I'm looking forward to a TPK. Thankful to the advanced bestiaries, Jotun Blood template, Fire Giants, right on. Kill them all. It was just Iron Man, he said. He's reloading himself. He's being he's He's uploading himself to the Matrix, Joe. So Okie dokie. So now he can see us and become one. Yeah. Resistance. Right. It is futile. him. It's him. It's not us. Perfect. Perfect segue. Thanks to our man. We're like, resistance is futile. One of us. One of us. So he has joined us. L says he's resisting. We're going to beat him down, though, by the end of the oh, day. Oh, we're not telling you you cannot resist. We're just saying your resistance doesn't it's, matter. <laughs> it's futile. That's it's all futile. we're saying. Go ahead and resist. Mm. It's not going to matter in the end. We like it rough. Mm-hmm. What's up, Ryan David? Oh, and Legion in the house. Can't stay long. He's got stuff to do. Peace, brother. I understand. Life's busy. Busy man. Busy man. I yeah, know how yeah. that is. I didn't get to listen to Ryan David's podcast yet today, just the beginning of it. Man, I wish I was a part of it. He's doing a good piece of content, talking about all the subsects and subgroups in the hobby. Subsex? So, yeah. S-E- talking S-E- about submissive sex? No. Sub-sex? No. Sub-S-E-C-T-S. 
Uh, so subsect, like a sect of religion. Sect. So I didn't game either. So I'd planned all weekend to work on my uh, uh, adventures for Big Geek Con, but I didn't get them done. Luckily, one of them is like has no need to be done because it's done. And it's in print. Yeah, this is the printed version, guys, of Tragedy at Tygon's Falls. It's not a big one. It's a short module, 20 ish pages, but it's a nice, got a lot of nice little art from Sir Patrick Demo. I like this one with the, uh, with the, uh, Griffin. That's pretty cool. Hey, Blackwall. So, what's up, Blackwall? Um, Ryan David agrees with your previous comment. <laughs> well, my previous comment was a clarification comment. And he's, cl he's clarifying, clarifying your English. <laughs> How much is that module? I'm going to sell it for 10 bones at Big Geek Con. Um, do we have POD yet on this, Joe? In the works. In the works. I'll have 30 copies. Well, probably 25 copies. Um, close to 30 at Big Geek Con. I'm going to sell them for 10 bucks. $4.99 if you want a... Uh, PDF on Big Geek Emporium. Yeah, so um, not is, making tons of money. So is ten dollars for the page count is ten dollars good? Um is it comparable to other modules at that page count? Well at 21, 21, 22 pages. I don't know. That's a, closer to an old school module. I don't know. Let me uh that's a good question. It might be yeah. a little um, I meant to. I, I I should have thought about asking this before we got online, so we didn't mm -hmm. do any of this here. But whatever. Let's do it now. I'm just. We're doing do it live. Doing it live, baby. I did some gaming stuff. Actually, I did some today. All right. I invented um, two monsters, mm. and um, one fantasy material. Maybe two. Mm-hmm. One of them is unnamed, but the uh, what it is isn't unnamed, or what it does. What well, I'm confused. You can we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. Or, yeah, we'll get to it. It's re it's related to our topic. Yeah, uh, David Will says, "Got to make sure you're making some cash back from the POD and shipping cost." Okay, so when we do print on demand, they're going to charge me for shipping. No, 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 no. Um, the way it works is that the shipping charge is added um, in the in the background, right? So when uh, the person buys it, there is a comparison to shipping charges based on their where it's going to. Ah, uh, okay. Well, if you come to if you come to BitGeekCon, shipping charges will be zero. Yeah, it'll be just cost of. Yeah, and until they're gone. And I know Flady wants one. He says count, count him in for two. So I'm going to save him two. I'm going to save Darth one. So that sounds good. Um, oh, he's not making money back from the ones I ordered. I am. If I sell all 30 at $10 or even 25 of them, I think I'll be okay. I won't make a lot, but I'll make a little. And that's okay. I'm not looking. At, you know what? Cover my costs. Do a little bit more. My, hope, my second one's going to be pricey, though, because it's going to be made with gold paper. Gold paper? <laughs> So yeah, Something. but uh, yeah, I'm getting pretty excited about it. Oh, Patrick's gonna buy one too, dude. We gotta talk, man. You put the art on there. I feel like I might owe you one. So um, yeah, I, I I think for a module it's okay. I mean, yeah. as far Lady as says price, it's fair. So ten dollars it is. If Lady says it, then that's that's and the truth. Count him in for two. So and he's gonna be a big geek con. Yes, sir. Him and Darth both. 
Yeah. So, and I'm going to run it. So if you guys want to jump in there and see how it is, you know, want to see, uh, play the game. I mean, I can show a, a chunk of it to you. I don't think I can run the whole thing, though it's not terribly long. Maybe we could get the whole thing in. I don't think I will. I'm afraid we get might get sidetracked if we try to do a little too much RP, like slow, because it's got a slow start. Or Well, slow is not the right word. It's got a slow burn. <laughs> All right. So. Well, whenever you do a convention, you run a convention uh, adventure. Yeah. You really have to just jump in. Yeah, that's that's the plan. I mean, I'm not going to give them. You know, I'm going to railroad the crap out of them. Look, this is what you're doing. Now roll D20 and use your, your engineer. Use cap. your use your sword and attack this creature now. That's how I'm going to run it. Okay, Flady, you attack the ogre, and Joe, you attack this creature, and uh, Patrick, you go over here oh. and cast a spell. That's how I'm going to run my game. You're that'll full be, on. That'll uh, be fun. Alpha male control freak. <laughs> uh, good evening, Halcyon. What's up? Um, oh, man, I'm jealous of Flady. He goes, his pre-gens are done. Just have to tan out the books. Hand out, maybe? Hand out, okay, maybe. Yeah, he's running a sweet coalition game. That should be good. I want to hop in on that. I want to do one of the Horde War sessions, which there will be many. The Horde War guys are running their butts off. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited. Oh, tab out his books. Tab. Oh, I just make up rules as I go, dude. I don't need books. <laughs> don't need books. Where we are going, we don't need books. I'm going to run a OSE, my version of OSE, I think, with this. And my other game I haven't decided yet. So what is David Gwill saying? You could take your big geek con adventures and publish them. Do you mean as in record them and put them online, publish them? Use it as a playtesting experience. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. He's, he's being funny, though, because David's up to something. He's a, he's one of my dudes that helped me a lot with this thing. Uh, Bruce made a good comment earlier. I wish I had started, but I, I don't pay much attention to Bruce. Um, yeah, he said, do the things before the topic started. Is that a good is that good advice, or are we just going to ignore Bruce? Oh, okay. He means sell. Well, we're doing that. I think you only have the one, right? Oh, What's maybe he's just meaning all the adventures you normally run. Yep. Just make them into published modules. I've got one. I've got a, actually, we say that I've got an idea for a campaign that I ran way back when Joe was a big part of. So I'm not sure. Um, L says, I'm trying to be Shauner. No, I can only hope to such greatness. He says, <laughs> he says, let the players have fun. Absolutely not. Nobody's having fun at my table. I, I forbid that. <laughs> We should have no it'll fun. be a good big big geek con is going to be. We're going to have a good time, dude. No, everybody, you sit down at the table. There's mm -hmm. going to be some automatic um, cuffs, leg yep. cuffs, and arm cuffs. You can't move. Not only will I to roll your dice. Not only will I lay the tracks out for you, I will literally put you in the cart and push you down the tracks. It'll be fun. <laughs> okay, yeah, David Gill says that's what he's talking about. Yeah, so whatever you. <laughs> Yeah, just you can you can rehash, you could probably rehash even prior stuff you've run. Hey, look, imagine all your thirteenth age, the whole arc of thirteenth age goodness that you ran. Oh, I have. So you much could fun. probably retool that for easily uh, other systems, D and D type systems, absolutely, and then yeah. publish them. I've got a bunch. It's a pretty interesting story. Yeah, I should run my blacktop. My blacktop. Oh, I said the wrong. Ooh, no. The, the S word. I said the S word. Correct. But uh, why don't we do something for Bruce at Dick's Division? Bruce is itching. 
Let's do it for him. He, he's our boy. Come on. He's hooked us up. <laughs> all right. Subscribe, baby. Yeah, do the things. Do Follow all the me. things. Yeah. And all the things are subscribe, like, hit the bell notification, comment, share. If you're listening afterwards on audio, follow us in your podcatcher of choice. Also, you can rate us and review us on those platforms. If you would like. You can also send us an email and tell us what you think of the show. Dude, Darth Inc. says it's his, uh, his first con. Oh, that's awesome. He's starting off with the best. Look at that. No pressure, Joe. This only has to be the best con ever. <laughs> I don't feel any pressure. I know you don't, you turd. <laughs> feel pressure. You're going to feel all the pressure. I am, but then I'm going to I'm going to perform, baby. I'm going to bring it. Got my railroads ready to go. It's going to be fun. I'm just I'm looking forward to meeting all these guys. I know we haven't met. We're yet. gonna have fun, dude. We're gonna have so much fun. And we got a we got quite a set of games. I said Flady's gonna run the coalition rescue mission. Uh Halcyon H is gonna run a Palladium Fantasy and one more. Martinson is gonna run X Crawl, maximum X Crawl with the Pathfinder 1E system. I'm gonna run a, probably yeah, OSE. I'm gonna run a version of OSE with my Tigon's Falls. Have you collated a list yet? I do. I have a list. I could try to show it. Let me try. Or it's what you can do is send me the collated list, which will save me some time. And I can publish it on that thread at the top and then edit it from uh, between now and when we start for updates. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know what this is. Bruce says, most importantly, for the upcoming event, every day, share the link for the B Big G Con. Show the ladies the Big GC. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the big cheese. Is that something sexual? He's trying to make it sexual. Look at him. And, and we got to do something live there. We got to have something. Say the internet's boss. Well, we should go a day early, Joe. That week, you're if you're off the week at all, we should go up on the hotel and mess around with the internet and maybe do, maybe do the show from there. This is where we will be. <laughs> That'd be cool. Nobody's here now. We're three days early, but this is where we're going to be. <laughs> that would be so cool. Yeah, we're going to go over there with a laptop, and they're going to say, what are you doing? Did you pay? Mm -hmm. Not for today. Well, then get the hell out of here. Five five games of Horde Wars Basic. That is our dudes, man. That's going to be fun. I'm going to play the crap out of that. So I got I to master that game because I want to run it. I actually want to write an adventure for it. It's got me. It kind of inspired me at um, Cabin Con this year. So, all right. I will send you that that list because I got it all set up. Maybe you could do a Google Doc better than me. I just haven't gotten around to it. But we need to get people. I think almost everybody that says they're going to run something has given me their information. If anybody wants to run anything else, even if you're going to have a board game, I think Darth mentioned running some commander games of Magic. Just let me know. Uh, hit me up on Discord. I think Darth is a buddy there. So feel free. Um, yeah. I'm going yeah. to. <clears throat> going to find Big Geek Con on... I'm going to get the um, the link up. He wants us to share the link, so I'm going to do that. Okay. Because we do we do everything that Bruce says. Checking rumbles. My rumblers aren't talking. I'm checking Twitch too, not very well. But I only see me on Twitch, so you know, it's okay. So... <sighs> Oh, 
Oh, Martinson bought Horde Wars Basic and my adventure. Well done, sir. Okay. Yeah, sure. Or Bruce. Cool. I am sharing the link. Link of linking is there. Tabletop events forward slash conventions forward slash big geek big hyphen geek hyphen con hyphen 2023 nice do it I, I think we need to consider um probably capping it here so i want to talk to you after the show we may end the oh we'll talk about it after the show so i have some questions and comments so about. capping them the tabletop events we're going to stop it and i'll talk to you about ticket sales yeah Okay. I'll, I'll talk to you about it. So, All right. Anyway, well, shall we dive into the uh, first topic since we've blabbered on for so long? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So the first topic is about uh, resistances in D&D. &D. And, and these are more like immunities and uh, resistances, uh, special defensive abilities for monsters and for PCs. We could tackle them separately or together. I made a list of some of the more common ones. And I wanted to talk about, first, is it better to have blanket immunities or scaled defenses? And when I say better, Joe hates that phrase, but when I say better, what I really mean is, do you think it's a better experience at the table? Does it make the world come alive better? Is it a more fun uh, RPG experience? And do the players um, like the challenge? So like monsters that have magic resistance back in 2e it was a flat percentage so if they had 70 percent, you could never change that that's what it was uh hold on for a second i got a cat screaming at me give me a minute all right yeah i'm probably going to while he's uh dealing with his cat i'm going to say that why not both i don't think having played D D for as long and other role-playing games for as long as i have I don't believe that one is more fun than the other. Uh, having a, a blanket immunity or, or just standard, say, 75%, like you were talking about, immunity right. mm -hmm. as compared to a scaled immunity. or Right. Like in 1E, where it's based on 11th level magic yeah. user. Every right. level up, 5% it drops. Every level, level below, 5% right. So, granted, for the player... The player's experience who's got a wizard, <laughs> who it's 75% no matter what, let's say, they're probably going to be frustrated. But right. if you but if you change the rule and say, oh, if you're a higher level wizard, then it's it goes down. Then that player might be like, cool, I can't wait till I get to high level. But if you never get to high level and that scale is in there and 75% is 75% except for the scale. And if you're lower than 11th level, it gets worse. Yeah. Right. So if you're fifth level, it's what, 25% worse? Well, six levels down, so I'd be 30% added 30 on. 30% worse. It'd be over 100. They'd be immune if they have 70%. Right. So then you're like screaming at that scaling. But, so, but but you're probably not meeting anything like that. That's what I was going to say. And if you are at third level, fifth level, fighting something that has 70% magic resistance, unless it has very low hit points, 
and the and the fighters can beat it down, then you got to ask yourself: one, did you guys screw up? Or two, did the DM screw, did he mean to just screw you guys? Uh, same thing for damage res- damage reduction. Back in the day, it was a plus one or better weapon to hit. That was an all or nothing proposition. If you didn't have it, you did zero damage. And in third edition, they decided to scale that where you could do like 10 unless you had a, I think it was three, five was 10 versus magic. Originally it was like 10 versus plus one, 20 or plus two or things like that. Where if you got attacked by a creature that had less than a plus two weapon, if you had 20 slash plus two and three O, if you had attack with a plus one sword, they took 20 points off your attack, which even in third edition, you could make some pretty boss characters that sucked. And um, then they did DR 10 slash magic, 20 slash magic, which got kind of lame from my perspective where the monsters just didn't seem. Hold on a second. Our AC is all screwed up. I got to take his hat off. Too hot. Right. So too hot for YouTube. Too hot. Too hot for podcasting. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I get that. If it's 10 magic, once everybody has magic items or once the main fighter has a magic item, then who cares about? It could be DR 100 slash magic. And it right. doesn't matter. Right. So um, you're better. I think the better way to do that is make all DR dash. Hmm. They just have DR or they don't. And then what you could, you could have DR and you can have immunity to damage. You can just have like vampire. Like there you have it as an example in here. The only thing that a vampire only thing that kills a vampire is a stake in the heart. Right. right. Nothing else. So you, Nothing could, else you could hit him with a sword all you want. And it's, he's just going to laugh at you. Stick right. a wooden stake in his heart. He falls over dead. Yep. So yep. you could do something similar to that and just give certain monsters. I have an example here mm-hmm. that I made up on the fly. So since we're talking about materials and, and different ways of damaging a monster, let's say you, we have an imag- uh, a brand new monster. It's called a storm golem, and it's based in lightning and stone. And it's just totally immune to damage, mm-hmm. like melee damage. Right. Maybe even magical, but let's just talk about melee damage. Sure. Or um, damage from weapons. The only way to damage it, you find out, is an alloy made from the molted carapace of the onyx sandworm, which is only found on the elemental plane of Earth. Right. And it's a, an alloy of that and infernal green steel. So you have to have both. So let's say the this storm golem is rampaging, or perhaps you've seen its its effects in your town or in your region, and you, th- you think you're probably going to end up facing it. So you, you go on it, the DM sends you on adventures through his get quest givers, and you have to go find the carapace, and then you have to go find the green steel, have all kinds of adventures and get this stuff together and make a a weapon out of the stuff. So the only way you affect it at all is with the stuff. Yeah. And and I think that adds more to the narrative. It's definitely more fun. Here's one that, and I don't want to comment yet. I'm, I'm highlighting a few of these, but I'll get back to them. But you could also, you can add some, um, a little bit more depth to it by saying, yeah, you could have just the molten carapace weapon, right? Or the infernal green steel. Let's say you could only get one or the other for some right. reason. You right. screwed up one of the quests. Right. Well, instead of it being completely bypassing 
their immunity, maybe it's only partial. And instead of it being immune, maybe it's 50 dash because this would be a higher level thing here, especially if you're going into the abyss or the hell or the, the plane, many planes of hell, right? Yeah. And over to the parallel elemental plane or either the elemental plane of earth, or you could say there's a parallel elemental plane of stone. Either one is probably not very hospitable to low level characters. No, probably not. So that's an example of making this work in different ways. You can have it be completely immune to everything. You can have it be partially immune and you still have to have this material to bypass some of it. But as far as magic, that would, that's a bit more one or the other probably because I suppose you could, you could, um, you could have casters use different components that could have their spells bypass. Yeah. Or gain, gain a, a magic item or artifact that allows you to focus your spells in such a way you can hurt right. them. Like a right. special wand, like a bone wand that allows you to do more damage to a lich or something. Sure. That could happen. Um, before we go further, because I'm, I'm going to ask different questions along this topic, I'm going to go back and hit some of the starred topics, unless you've got more to say here. Cause some, no, no, no. Some good comments. So first, Arnman, uh, I now have the thinking that items should reduce damage rather than full immunity. Works better for a system using R, R, DR rather than AC. Well, they have both in third edition, both DR and AC, but that's that's not bad. I mean, uh, totally removing a monster's um, uh, you removing a monster's DR is kind of a well. I, I don't want to say it's bad, but it's. It's sometimes not the greatest. Hold on a second. I kind of screwed that up. There we go. There we go. Let me do this right. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. That's that's not a bad idea. Uh, I think the idea of, of Joe's idea with materials is great because it it makes the world come alive, and it adds to your lore of your world, and that makes the world more, players more invested when they go, oh, I got to accomplish this to have a chance of beating this horrible, you know, creature that needs this molten carapace forged weapon to be able to molt it. You said molted carapace. You know, you got to get a, a, it's got, the creature's got a molt, and then you got to find the carapace, and you got to forge a weapon with it. So, yeah, that's not, that's pretty cool. And, and whether the material completely bypasses immunity or just makes it less impactful, I mean, you could do either or both for different monsters. Some monsters, getting the correct implement merely lets you uh, hit them with reduced effect. You can never take away all of their DR. Other monsters, especially weaker ones, you find the right material, you can completely bypass whatever immunity they have. Sure. It, it, you, I don't think it's a, it's a choose one way to do for all the monsters. I think it's no. better to have more tools in your toolbox. You can have more variety with what you make. And if you're one of those crazy DMs that give out magic items fairly regularly, you may want to have it where a lot of the fights and creatures, you can bypass their DR for a while and then all of a sudden put them up against a unique or a special race of beings you have in your in your creatures in your world that they have to go through that whole rigmarole that Joe described. That's That could be a good surprise on 10th level characters that are feeling kind of cocky, like they're kicking everything's butt. And you're like, oh, I'm going to fight this thing. All right, we've done 172 damage. How does it look? Completely un untouched. What? We just did 172 damage. Yes, you did. Good job. It doesn't seem to care. You're like, holy crap. And when the first player goes down, we, you know, we are leaving. <laughs> so, so so another another way you can do this is instead of making it so that you have to find a very particular 
material. Yep. Which you can you can set it up so that you have before in other versions of the game it was plus one, plus two, plus three. You could do that. But you could also just say you can break down weapons into like low grade, um, various different a grading system and have high grade items. So like a Vorpal Sword would be con- could be considered like a high grade magic item. And that bypasses all kinds of uh, damage reduction or immunities or whatever. And you don't necessarily have to have, like someone mentioned in here, a golf caddy. Right. You could have it to, in your world that instead of having the golf caddy, you can have sword, or weapons or items that develop with your character. And those can eventually bypass DR of all kinds, if that's what you want to do. Yeah, and that would be very similar to what Iron Man said when he said, some monsters are only harmed by fire, thus immune to all else. That would make a, I mean, if it has to be fire, granted, that's a fairly common resource. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but still, it's something you got to think about. Uh, let's see what else here. David Gwill says, I think monsters are completely... Being completely immune to non-magical weapons is fine, depending on the monster and what you're going sure, through. Sure, sure. Sure, I think it is. I mean, you, you just choose. That That definitely feels very uh, mythological and cool. I mean, you can't hurt this thing with a normal, you know, just no no weapon we here have can hurt this thing, right? Yeah, it can be intangible or just super tough. Yeah. This is one that interests me. Uh, I want to take a moment to kind of do a Pathfinder deep dive here. Uh, Bruce said a little while ago, demons have 10 slash evil in Pathfinder. So that means unless they're unless you attack them with an evil weapon, they take off ten from the damage. That feels a little weird to me. I think that it was this DR system was poorly thought out. You could do the same thing with angels. Mm-hmm. Good people can affect angels better. Good creatures can affect angels better than bad creatures. Right. That's weird. So I, mean, I, I guess no. I guess be, on one hand it's good. But it's kind of weird, right? I, right. I mean, I guess so, because uh, good guys aren't necessarily going to beat up the angels unless they're tricked into it. Right. But uh, I think it's probably better to have some more standard instead of having that kind of thing, like alignment yeah. bypasses and stuff like that. It gets I, weird. I think I think having to perform some righteous deed uh, or perform some heinous deed to make your weapon or yourself able to affect something would be a cool storyline. You know, imagine a paladin finally running into a creature, an undead creature. It cannot hurt. It can't turn it. It can't damage it. And uh, to steal from the Bible a little bit, only with uh, prayer and fasting can such creatures be handled. You know, but you can give him some quest where he has to, like, purify himself by doing this trial, and then his holy sword will take effect. Because that creature is like the epitome. But I, I guess to me, it's just weird saying demons have 10 slash evil, so you got to handle evil weapons. I can see why they would say evil from a point of view. Yeah. All the good guys are going to go after the devils, right, and the Mm -hmm. demons. Mm -hmm. And if they had DR that was bypassed by good implements or creatures or whatever, Mm -hmm. then their damage reduction is not very worthwhile to them because all the good guys are going to be able to bypass it. Yeah, it'd be better instead of saying good, it would say holy. So you would have to have holy or divine or something more than just being a good guy. 
because I mean, one of the things about werewolves is silver bullet. Some, some legends that has to be blessed. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a, it would be a, a bullet or an object that has some sort of divine component. That's good Mm -hmm. instead of evil. Right. So, it's kind of counterintuitive when we see that with the, the, the demons, in my opinion. And I'm pretty heavy with Darth here. I think this is better. He says, I, I think that DR needs to only allow special substances that can break them or special, I would say special actions like we've talked about, but I, I think I agree with that. Right. And if it's, if it, if it's damage reduction, like DR 10, then you might never find you might never find anything that bypasses it, and you just have to slowly will it down, and yeah. or have some way of boosting your strength or boosting your damage uh, directly to take that into consideration. I know that at some point during our third edition run, mm-hmm. we we determined that as long as you boost damage. DR at some point becomes, unless it's really high. Right. Which many creatures, it wasn't all that high. Right. Until I think 3.5 kind of flipped it, uh, turned it up. Pathfinder kind of turned it up a little bit, depending yeah. on mm-hmm. the monster. But w- once your fighters got to a particular level, unless you're wielding two weapons, DR hurt it. Hurt it. DR hurt the, 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 multiple, the dual weapon wielder much more than it did the single weapon. Yes, because you couldn't do as much damage, generally speaking, in right, one right, hit. In one, with one hit. But with yeah. the, the two-handed weapon wielder, yeah, DR, after, say, fifth level or so, I think became, it was kind of annoying, became, but became less of an issue. Yeah, which, which is one of the reasons I still maintain, and people want to argue this, and it's fine that if you want to, you don't need as many magic items in three, third edition as everybody thinks she says you do, because you can build heavy-hitting fighters that can bypass DR with a normal sword. Right. Just do some, unless they're immune to those weapons. Our right. man gives a, a, an interesting addition to this. It's a little sidetrack, but it's good. He says that the paladin needs a quest to harm a creature like I was talking about. That paladin should learn that knowledge prior. or Maybe. Maybe before, Maybe. but you give him an out, so you don't just murder him for no reason. Right, right. They might. It might be more interesting for them to meet that creature before knowing that they can't hurt it. They find out they can't hurt it, and they have to run. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is no big deal unless you really want to mess with the paladin. Oh, there's an evil creature. If you don't kill it right now, you're going to lose your paladinhood. That would be no good. But uh, David Gwill keeps bringing this up, and he's correct. Okay. Or go around, sneak past, trap, etc. Some things aren't meant to be stabbed to death. Correct. That's another good usage of creatures with resistances and immunities. If you find out that they you can't hurt them, then that's what you have to do. And you might have you might find that out before you face said creature, or you might find it out while fighting it, then you have to run, and mm-hmm. then you may end up having to go back because you're on a quest. You have to find a particular thing, the MacGuffin, whatever it is. So then you might have to sneak past it. And L says, go ahead. L says, what if a new creature nobody has ever heard of? Yeah. If it's, you've never heard of it, it's hard to lay a, hard to lay a foundation for warning them. Um, you might be able to to telegraph it a little bit. Yeah. But I I think our man's got a point. I think, and I would hate to, I mean, I would, uh, probably build up the uniqueness of this creature 
to the paladin. I would try to add something special. Or maybe you want to make it sound like a normal undead. He seems like a vampire. And then when you get there, because Armand made this comment, and I say this is a player problem. He goes, you need a player that plays a paladin that would actually run. It is a rare thing, and I never saw one. I, I agree, but it is, can paladins run? I don't see why not. They just wouldn't lead the pack. Okay, so it, it, of course it's situation dependent. Uh -huh. So if you have a, a, a monster that is not defeatable by the players and they're holding the princess with a knife to their throat and you know the paladin's going to try to go rescue the princess, you've basically just put them in a situation that where the paladin is going to die. And whatever princess they're holding is going to die too because they can't hurt the guy. Yeah. Oh, Darth has got a comment we missed a while back. I got to bring this up. He said he's defending the DR10 slash evil creatures that don't build creatures don't build defenses for things that are natural in the environment. Hence, evil hurting demons. That's okay, but I could argue that they should because demons fight each other too. Right. Oh, thank you. But anyway, but anyway, uh, I think that's an interesting topic. Now, if we flip that around on the players, and I think El mentioned something about an elf, in certain versions of the game, elves had immunity to sleep. They had charm resistance. The Dagon Drow had magic resistance, or SR from 3rd edition. Uh, tieflings had resistance to fire, and I think in 5e, that's half damage. It was less good in 2nd edition. And Azamar had some resistances to acid, cold, and electricity in third edition and some half damage to what they call radiant and necrotic. I don't, uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think a lot of times most of the standard races, they don't, they don't have enough immunities that it actually, it doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to ruin any fun that I'm having. Uh, if you take even those extended races of Tiefling and Azimar, if you allow that, Drow sometimes irked me. Well, depending on the version, they got really good spell yes. resistance or magic resistance. Even in 3rd edition, it was like tw 11 or 12 plus character level, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not super powerful, but... Right, so I'm going to answer this one from okay. L. Paladin lawful. The group decides to retreat. The paladin flees. He is okay. He stays. He violated the law of the party. And it's a, you know, that I'm going to say that's thin if he stays. I'm going to say that's very thin because basically what you're saying is party vote controls paladin because paladin is lawful. No. Because the, you know, party could vote. So to do something that's detrimental to the paladin otherwise. Yep. We vote you. We vote because, you should you should kill yourself, Mr. Paladin. Yeah. I think not, I don't yeah, think it's kind he of a too strict interpretation of what lawful yeah. means. But you know, to each their own. If you want to run Yeah, that if that's way. the way you want to do it, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. I think no. that's weird. Uh yeah, it's pretty different. Uh what about that with the with the when I bring the drow up, I, I think you have to be more careful as a designer to give to give player character options that have too many blanket immunities. Uh, I think it's a difficult proposition or especially that magic resistance, spell resistance. If it's, if it's too good, then you play a drow fighter and you're like, I don't have to worry about magic and I can kick your face in. 
Right. <laughs> and that's going to be like, so you can kick monsters' faces in, spell casting monsters you can shut down. The only ones you might have issue with are invisible, sneaky ones that can stab them in the back. Which, I mean, I'm not saying it's it's not the end of the world, but I know Drow have been very annoying. I think me, magic spell resistance characters. or spell resistance is great for monsters. If you want to give players who are magically inclined more resistance to spells, you give them you give them bonuses to saving throws versus spells, which various um, versions of D and D and offshoots do have done that. Then you also you can there was a a class with the ability that was like the the, the rogues evasion but only yeah. for magic so if the Hex character Hexblade. Yeah, right so if they made their saving throw i think it had two versions just like the evasion and and you can reduce the effect by you by um how did that work so you make your saving throw um then it's reduced it's you get an improved effect Right. So at first it was like half damage if you failed your save, a quarter if you made it, then eventually it became half or no damage. Yeah. And I think they could even like make it, they make, since they were kind of castery fighters, they got to make will saves, which was really good. Right. So you can, you can do that for players that are, that have heavy defenses versus magic, especially spells. And that would be fine. I think it's, bad idea to, to give the players the same same things that the monsters get. You okay, know? David, David Will is questioning me. I, I don't know for sure if it's quarter damage, but that sounds right. Like Maybe I'm thinking early 3.0. I don't know. It's been too long, there, dude. Yeah, it's but, been a while, but it's, but it's it was similar to the, the to the Rogue's Evasion, but just you versus know, magic. Yeah, it was a weird thing. And I think like if they made the save, there was like there were some spells that would do damage, and no matter what, something would happen. You'd be slowed for a round. Any partial effect they negate. As they negate they it, as long as they made their save. Make their save something effect. like yeah. that, yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, um, are, so these defenses and stuff. I think, I think they are. I think because there was a big cry during the third edition era that oh, rogues can't do their precision. Or it was called sneak attack damage against constructs, undead oozes and something else oh david's found it he couldn't let it go well that's the, the rogue version this ability works like evasion except that while the rogue still takes no damage on a successful save against attacks henceforth i think he'll take yeah i don't know how it worked yeah but anyway so i'm getting distracted david's bringing me down he's he's distracting me dude but um what the hell was i talking about oh like precision damage for for rogues and then, of course, in 3.5, they fixed it, so that's not really much of a thing anymore. And so I, I really think I think that watered down and babyfied the game. I, I understand that, ro- that when you get to higher level, you fight a lot of golems and undead and creatures that are immune to sneak attack. So, I mean, especially when they first described it as hitting a vital organ, undead don't have vital organs. And then they went really off the rail when they're like, well, then the rogue will attack the joints of a iron golem. And I'm like... Okay, but that's just weird. So I mean, I don't know. I'm just not much of a. I wasn't a big fan of that change. I think I think it's okay to have things that are immune to player character abilities. Now, granted, that did take. You can make an argument game wise. It took the rogue out of the combat, 
a lot of times it did because their attack without sneak attack was poop almost oh, sure. across the board. Yes, correct, David. There was a they made a they made a um, hold on a second, guys. I'm sorry. Give me just a moment here. Right. Uh, so in third edition, the rogues got to sneak attack everything, even golems, like you're saying, with a feat. I think I might be remembering Pathfinder, but at some point the rogues could just they they skipped all of the feats and special things that the rogues could get in order to sneak attack more than just humanoids and just said as long as as long as the rogue gets that sneak attack off either through flanking or whatever they can damage whatever and many of us players were like though no, that's freaking weird even golems have weak spots that the rogue can find because there's a energy they know where that's at blah 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 no that's weird how about golems get to keep their immunity and you just got to beat it down or sneak past it or trick it in some kind of way now that did make golems pretty deadly but cool because then wizards had trouble with golems and so did uh rogues and the fighter was like i'm kind of stuck alone i hope i can take this out so yeah, that was in three five. Yeah, I know. I remember it was one of those things, and three five is probably it. Uh, what is David Will saying? You can't situationally take away cool stuff from players. Oh, right. I think he's making a little fun at how a lot of players get their panties in a wad over stuff. Because I think I think they should. I think. I mean, that's the challenge, right? I mean, if you're playing a big, imagine you're playing a go back to really old first edition, playing a half ogre from the dragon magazine you're just a big brutal butt kicking two-handed sword wielding sob kicking the crap out of stuff and the town won't have won't have you around you bring up those social we talked about that before you know because people got mad like because they wouldn't be accepted in most towns maybe some towns run them off maybe maybe you finally run into something that needs a magic weapon to even have a chance to hurt it and your third level and your half ogre fighter doesn't have it so you do nothing you hit it as hard as you can and it laughs at you right. or or you cut it in half you, you literally slice it and cut it in half and you see it stitch itself in moments right you know it's like you can't hurt it and i i think without that kind of if, you, if you're not allowed to take stuff away from people then the game will become dull i mean for a while it's fun but if you're like i can always rely on my best attack to always work what fun is that Right. So everybody should be challenged. That's the point of adventuring. I mean, that's what should happen during adventuring. You should be challenged sometime or another. As Cal says, I would disagree unless the thief has been able to study a treatise on. Yeah, we can always have a cool situation. Like, I have no problem with, like, even in third edition, it was like, well, my thief, you have worked with a necromancer. I mean, you, you meet a necromancer who's not evil, and then you make a deal with him, and he teaches you stuff about undead, and you learn how to hurt them. Yeah. And your character has that very cool thing. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, Flady, got to keep the stress up and encourage thinking outside the box. Sure, that's so part of the fun. Keep those immunities on there, those resistances. Mm -hmm. Make those, let those monsters be tough. And either you can't, you have to do something special to get around them, or you're just like, we just can't do that. So, 
I think that the, as long, the farther we got along with the D&D game, the more they wanted to take away from the monsters. I mean, in some ways. Yes. So in some ways they made, they nerfed some things about the monsters like resistances and immunities because it wasn't fun. And then in other ways they made monsters shockingly way too powerful Yeah. for their level. Or sure. just you have to navigate that. So dragons yep. became super tough for their level. Yes. And so if you turn the corner and there's a dragon over there, you're going to probably be better off running than trying to fight it. For sure. I think uh, both Bruce and Martinson made some good comments. Let me go back to Martinson's first. He said in X-Crawl, uh, let me see here, 3-5 X-Crawl had a rogue subclass that could eventually get sneak attack on three of the four creature types. And those creature types were oozes, constructs, undead, and plants. Yeah. Uh, I think even in 5e, maybe oozes are immune to sneak attacks. And Bruce follows up with something I think is an interesting comment. I'm not sure I'd be fully opposed to this, but I'd like to see some limitations. He thinks as rogues level up, they should be able to learn how to do precision damage on various challenging foes. They shouldn't just be allowed to do something like precision damage over overrides all. Yeah, I think they can find some. I would rather it see, I'm going to use some words people might hate, I'd rather see it come up in the narrative than be a power you just check and pick. But that's that's me. As in what you were talking about earlier, you found some dude, and that dude showed you stuff about golems, and now you can do the thing. Or what Cal said, you and find some... to you. It's yeah. not something that's in the list of things you can choose as you level up. Or or if your wizard in the party finds a... They used to have tomes that created golems, and you, he lets you study it with him, or you help him out as he builds it, and you learn some of the weaknesses. Maybe your wizard does that because he's like, you know what, dude? I might need your help if this thing goes berserk. Flesh golems go crazy. And so I, I need you to need you to be there. Uh, yes, I agree, Al. Sneak attacking a news is kind of ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah, but you could always say, well, what if you learned some magic? You know, if your rogue took a couple... Well, I don't know. That, that's a lot of freeform. Uh, yeah, free you could stuff. always think of exceptions. Sure, sure. Um, but sometimes you could just say, no, oozes don't have weak points that you can exploit because they're a homogenous glob of stuff. Correct. And yeah. you just Precision, have to, yeah, there, if you had, let's say you had an undead intelligent ooze. Yep. Maybe you could, and you, you could sneak attack undead. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, against that particular foe, maybe, but just some random um, pile of green slime. That's just a homogenous pile of um, acidic nastiness, you know, a chaos beast, dude. This constantly amorphous and changing shape, and I mean, as you fight it, it changes shape as just a as the way it breathes. Right. And so, but I, I'm with Bruce here. This is good. He says in Pathfinder, I would award story feats. That's not bad for accomplishing something neat. I wouldn't make the player pay for it. It was a story feat, essentially a gift that he's earned from learning stuff, doing cool things. Right. Uh, yeah, you, ex cool. you experience special things, and then you have abilities that are not part of the normal selection process as you level. Right. <laughs> Armin says uh, he can finally sneak attack his dog because she's gone deaf in her old age. Otherwise, no way. <laughs> yeah. So um, what about, I only said too much with the player side. Do, do you think controlling, because there's not that many, are there, I, I couldn't think of too many really overpowered. I know that people talk about overpowered races, probably more in the builds, but like, 
other than the drow, I didn't find the resistances, and even in 5e, to be that difficult to overcome with different player races. They never seemed... Tieflings didn't see overpowered. Uh, no. Asimar didn't seem overpowered. Five. It was usually for the player races, usually the resistances were like five-something. Five cold, five fire, whatever. It was usually five-something. I did find more problems with stat bumps in third edition when the Goliath came out and he got plus four to strength and like minus two to intelligence. And I'm like, oh no, I got to play a somewhat dumb fighter with plus four strength. Sign me up. Right. <laughs> I mean, know? there's some there's some immunities, but they're really specific. Like elves are immune to sleep. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, but that's so specific. It's not really powerful, really, except for the sleep spell. Yeah, you know, and even I can't find it now, and I'm sorry, L, but he made a comment about that. And if you're going to have el- elves, I would say just deal with that. That gives the world some feel, just like yeah. just like you know, saying red dragons. Like I, I don't like in Thirteenth Age how a red dragon can be hurt by a wizard's stupid fireball. Now, if he does something special and turns into an ice ball or something else, that's completely fine. But I, it's maybe you do some, but I don't like I don't like red dragons being hurt by lava. I don't. I just. I think they're immune. Right. And they shouldn't have to ever worry about it. And if you attack a red dragon with a fire spell, you're an idiot. You right. just wasted right. your turn. You lost your spell. He laughs at you. He goes, I'm going to kill you last because you are the least worry in this party. You are so dumb. Now, and you have different lore in different games, so uh, your mileage may vary. In some lore, if you, so you have your red dragon, they're getting ready to cat uh, to hit them with your you with their fireball. Right. You somehow have some mystic way to clamp their mouth shut as they're breathing. Right? So yeah. you blow their head up. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So Who they have it? been affected with their fire. Right. But uh, if you can finagle some way to do that in D&D, good luck because there's yeah. really not a way to do that. Yeah. You'd have to be like third edition, hold my action have some power that lets you clamp the mouth shut and the DM has to agree that there's some sort of force that's going to cause his head to blow up and he doesn't just swallow it back or put it back down in his thing. First, um, yeah, I'm not going to breathe now. Thank you for just letting me do it. Next round. Okay. All right. So, um, uh, let's see here. What about, what about some, what up? Let's talk about some other games uh, and how they do things a little bit differently. And, I, of course, I picked three familiar ones. And if uh, DM Blackwall is still hanging around, uh, he might want to mention it more. Horde Wars Basic has an interesting type of way they handle with immunities. They do it through purely materials. So if you use a certain type of material, say bronze, it does plus one die of damage versus beasts. And some other type of material might do an extra die of damage. So you can use normal weapons against beasts. You just do normal damage. Um, but if you have a bronze weapon, you get an extra die of damage, which is pretty significant. What's up, Hungar? How you doing, homie? But uh, that's an interesting way to do their DR. Instead of like, at least I didn't see it. I'm sure they had creatures that had immunity there, but mostly it was improving their damage. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if that's the same thing. Maybe unless, not. Maybe not. Unless the unless those monsters, I haven't seen the monster side. 
I've looked at them, but I haven't really noticed right. whether I haven't or not studied. they had resistances or anything like that. Correct. But, but, but right. that is like a DR. It's an approach to DR that's a little, it's a little more s- simple. But in their game, if our experience at CabinCon was was typical, you can get access to all these material types because it's more common knowledge that people know it. I mean, there's even a material type that does damage to humans, like, like uh, mortal creatures. Like human PCs, which is kind of crazy, but uh, it's not bad. Thirteenth um, Age, they do a different mechanic where, and this is where it's both bad and good. I kind of like the fact that in Thirteenth Age, the players do a lot of the attack rolls. There's no like a saving throw. There is a saving throw. It's only a death save or a save ends on effects. But like when you cast a spell, you make an attack roll, and if a creature has fire resistance twelve plus, you have to roll over that 12 to do full damage because most of their spell attacks, you have to roll to attack. Right. And uh, I like that uh, mechanic as well. Well, it's fun for the Mm play. It adds another way for you to do it for, you don't have even have to do it. The whole thing, you can apply that to D and D and just say, Hey, in order to bypass this creature's um, DR or immunity or resistance to damage, you have to make a natural roll of whatever or higher, 12 or higher, 16 or higher, whatever you might want to do. And that works well in D&D without them to change anything. Um, and, but you could maybe change D&D by making it an attack roll instead of a saving throw. You could. Same kind of thing. Probably don't have to change a whole lot. No. You just got to look at the... The averages a little bit and change it to a positive attack roll instead of a defensive thing. It wouldn't be all that hard. Probably based on around 10 or so where modifiers up or down or 11, depending on what version of the game you're playing. But no, it wouldn't be too bad. I like that. But also, again, in 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 13th Age, you can cast Fireball on the red, who is an engine of fiery destruction. He takes, well, actually, I don't know. I don't have stats on the red. But a red dragon can take damage from a fireball, which I find it to be a bit silly. But you are the big damn hero, so okay. And in that game, I in can... In that game, it. yeah, I wouldn't do that with D&D. No, I would, no. If I was designing a game, I wouldn't do that either. Yeah. If you if you ta- if it's a, a fire... A dragon is usually... with the, the red dragon is connected to elemental fire in some kind of way. So it, it makes a lot of sense for it to be immune to fire. Yeah. Now, I do think Savage Worlds adds a nice wrinkle. They have three. I picked out three uh, abilities fighter, monsters can have, and I didn't look at the characters. The characters don't have a lot of immunity. They have some, like, Nerves of Steel, where you can fight. You can ignore one wound penalty. That's kind of cool. And Advanced Nerves of Steel. You still have the wound, but you don't take the penalty, which Joe knows. That is huge. Yeah. The penalty sucks beyond belief. But... um. Hardy is an ability monsters can have, and they're literally immune to shaking. So if you don't wound them, they're never stunned. You, mean, you don't hit them and they, they can't act. They don't have to make spirit rolls to recover. They're, like, still doing their thing. Those kind of monsters can be a pain in the butt, especially if they're minions. If they're mooks, that would suck because it means you have to wound them to get them down. They're still fighting. That would make a tough mook. That just reminded me that would be a cool thing to do. Um, immunity is exactly what it sounds. If they got immune to fire, don't bother. Doesn't hurt them. Invulnerability is interesting because if a vampire, a vampire has invulnerability uh, to a vulnerability period, like Joe said, his only weakness is a stake through the heart. So you can wound him, but you can't put him down. 
Right. So he'll have his minus three, but he will recover, and you cannot put him down. So that that's tough. So so you would have to – I'm not sure how they work in um, Savage Worlds, but that would be a called shot? Yes, called shot, minus four or minus six probably. Cause you Which is the heart. huge. Minus six is huge. You better be like – you better have multiple edges with shooting or you're going to have a really hard time. There might uh, be some edges that reduce penalties like that. There is. I think you can get a minus six down to like a minus two. But yeah. you're, but you're Still, be like, minus but you're gonna, two. But you're going to be a, an heroic character. Yeah, so because you – know, with the way that game works, if you're in melee combat, it's it's, uh, it's not the standard four or higher. No, it's hit. against it's, it's against, against their, their uh, what is parry. It? Their parry. parry, which yes, which is a modifier I, based on their. I don't know their what a vampire's parry is, but it's probably at least a six. Yeah, because it's going to be based on his agility, which is probably a D eight or probably higher, probably D ten. So that's five plays, at least a seven. Yeah. So I'd be shocked if it wasn't a seven. Darth made a good comment here that's interesting. Before we, I'm sorry, I don't mean to lead Savage Worlds. Are you still there? Did you have any no, comments? We're good. We're good. I thought that, I mean, I like how Savage Worlds does that. It makes it fun, especially every creature that's invulnerable is usually invulnerable to anything but. So if a creature has invulnerability magic, if you don't use magic, you're not hurting him. Right. You're, you're, you're not putting him down. Bullets, so missiles, atomic weapons. <laughs> that, doesn't that matter. Makes, Technically, no, though I would rule atomic weapon might be an exception. Um, Dar says he likes the A, lowercase r, uppercase r rating. It's probably just AR. It's probably just typo. And roll over or only damage the armor. Oh, right. As long as you roll over four, you hit. Four more than what you need to hit, no matter what, it lets the armor actually be of use. Right. And so does David Gwill. He uses armor as a as a DR type thing. That's not That's not the worst strategy. So... Yeah, a lot of this depends on how complicated you want combat to be. Yes. So if you just want, you can just have it be DR dash. That would be the simplest way to do it. Yes. I could and just say how tough you want the monster to be. You have the, the the what the amount you take off of the damage be higher. So five DR is not that great. Fifty DR, you're going to have to be pretty high level to be able to affect it. You yeah. can just make that to anything. Right, that could yeah. that may not just be with um, melee or or missile damage. That could even be spell damage. So you hit it with a fireball. You have to do fifty damage or more to even hurt it. Yeah, and I think I think maybe if you like, you know, D and D, it's in many ways it's the common denominator of role playing games, and that's not bad. That's a good quality roll to hit. If you hit, you do damage at a basic level. If that's what you want, don't mess with this. Don't, you know, you can have immunities. Don't worry about DR. And, you know, like David Gwill says he uses DR as armor and you can roll higher above it to do damage. Yeah. Uh, Bruce likes using armor as something you got to whittle down that quite requires the DM. Yeah. Requires the DM to keep track of it. On the DM, so you won't like that. Well, probably not, but it's not the worst thing. It's not the worst thing. If I have but a small. I, I agree. I think um, I would, if I was the DM, I would rather it be something that I don't have to track. Yes, I agree, and I. But I also wouldn't mind if armor produces damage. I wouldn't mind if that could get destroyed over time. There has to be some way for that to happen. I think Horde Wars uses a version of that. I think armor does reduce. I think I had a character whose armor reduced damage unless it was a certain type of thing. Right. So that was pretty. I think they have an optional way for. If I remember this correctly, I believe they have an optional rule where you can have. A blade of armor. So, you have his DR, whatever, and then 
it reduces in, I don't know if it reduces the DR effectiveness, but it takes damage. And then you do have to go have it repaired at some point or buy new armor. Yeah. And that's another complication you can add to your game if you like, yep. or you can just ignore that Yep. because it's another thing to track and mm -hmm. it may reduce your fun at the table, but and you if could you even like to be a little more immersive, it makes more sense that you eventually have to repair your stuff. And if you had, uh, if you don't like DR in general, like for creatures, you could ditch DR and just increase the armor class. Okay, so these creatures have DR 50. That's really powerful. Forget it. They get plus 10 to the armor class. They're just hard to hit. You or you, you hit them, but you're not damaging them. Holy crap, you're saying this creature has, has, a, has a negative 10 armor class? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what he's got. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think Arn Man mentioned Harn Master, which is a simpler version of Roll Master. Roll Master. Yeah, well, yeah, but um, I don't know anything about it. I yeah, me either. A lot of tables, and to me, it's a little convoluted, but it sounds like it's it's not a bad system. I wouldn't call it complex. It's just convoluted. Lots of steps, lots of rolling, but that's just me. But I think if you want simple, well, the simplest thing is what you just suggested higher armor class. You don't have to worry about anything math related. Right. Um, if you like armor as DR and you like damage reduction, tough skin and stuff like that, that makes sense to you, but you still want it to be simple. Yep. You just assign a number and then you're done. Yeah. You don't have the, it's just dashed, dashed DR like in third, third edition in three, five, Yep. doesn't matter what you use. Always take 10 off or whatever the number is. And, and if you wanted to really, really simplify it, you could abstract it. And like every every adventure, a player rolls a D10. And if he rolls a one, his armor's beaten up. He's got to buy new armor. If it's normal, I wouldn't do it to magic armor. But you could do that, too, if you really want to simplify it. One of those um, resource rolls, like die rolls they have in like Black Hack. And that would be Black the Hack. easiest way to handle that. That so would be. It's a resource roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other concerns or comments you have about immunities and resistances, Joe? I feel like I've said most of what I wanted to say. Right. I think the only thing I would add mm -hmm. is having all these things as tools, mm -hmm. the different ways you can give immunities and resistances to your creatures. Don't care about the PCs. They got plenty of things that, to help them out. Mm -hmm. But the monsters... All of these things can be used on different monsters. You can even combine a lot of them together on a particularly nasty monster that has lots of layers like an onion that you have to peel off in order to affect them fully. You can use all this stuff to make great challenges for the PCs and even weave it into your your world to do world building like I was like the things I talked about earlier with the green steel onyx sandworm stuff different ways that you bypass the DR. You can make it plain vanilla, where you just have to do a lot of damage to bypass it, or you can build unique um, items, um, materials for your world, or your multiverse, depending on what level they are, and that can add depth to your, to your, your game. If you want it, if you, but if you don't, then you can just do DR or you can just do armor class. Yep. And, and you could slowly bring it into your game. You could keep it because 
even D&D, even third edition, lower level foes, you weren't running into DR all the time. You just couldn't afford it. Even DR5 was tough to overcome by a first level character. I mean, I remember 3-0 skeletons were mm-hmm. rough at first level, second They level. were rough. They were quite a challenge. Yeah. But I mean, you could still beat them. You had the turning ability and yeah. uh, so it was not so bad. But um yeah, I think you could you could you could introduce those things as a new DM. Say, look, I'm not gonna deal with DR first, so pick some more vanilla monsters, or if you like a monster, just don't use it. And if a player says, I thought they had DR, you'd be like, Not these guys. Trust me, players aren't gonna complain. Oh, it's weaker? Okay, cool, let's kill it. <laughs> you know, so nothing to really worry about. All right. You want to tell them to do the things again? Because we're getting ready to transition. Yeah, we're going to switch gears here in a second after we do some things. And doing the things is subscribing. Yep. And doing all the things on the platforms that you are enjoying the show on that will engage the algorithm and draw people here. One of the most important ways that you can do the things is to share our show with your friends if they don't already know about it. Yes. Share away. All right. So our yeah. next thing is uh, a recurring topic called D&D weirdness. And this thing here is character knowledge, not player knowledge and not character knowledge versus player knowledge. Not really. Right. But. What does the character know about themselves with regard to, let's say, their character sheet? So, how much do they know about their class features and selections at different levels? Mm-hmm. Do they know that they have a level? Is right. it stuff that is discussed amongst other characters in the game or with NPCs? Yeah. And how much do we abstract or rationalize or use various linguistic constructs to get around the game terminology so that we stay, uh, what's the word? Um, Engaged, immersed. immersed. So so a lot of people, once you start using game terms, they get upset and they become unimmersed. Oh God, how many people, I've run into people like, you say, how many hit points, I'm playing the cleric, how many hit points do you have left? You wouldn't know that. Right. So uh, just your hit points. How how much, how laborious does you, do you want to make this at your table? Right? Mm-hmm. I, well, I think um, when it comes to this sort of stuff, like levels in particular, I think I told you off air that was the D&D movie. I mean, the original D&D movie with uh, Jeremy Irons. I was okay when there was a mention to that one person. I'm only the third level, the third circle wizard. I'm only third level or whatever. I think in some areas, levels would make sense. Um, and I think I think it's completely fine if you want to use that in some cases. You might even say spells are rank level one or level two. That's okay. It gets weird when you're like, well, I got 19 hit points. That's kind of weird, but I guess you, that's the difference between players and, G, and and characters. Our man seems to just say, forget it. He goes, ah, I challenge the players, not the characters. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair because enough. Uh, the characters, the character is an abstraction. Mm-hmm. The players are playing the game. The characters are are an abstraction that you are their tunes, like some people call them. Sure. They're more of a video game construct yeah. linguistically, but I think 
also about the NPCs. Do the NPCs yeah. know about your level? The NPCs, right? How much? How and how? When you go up to um, the bartender, and the bartender mouths off, do you say, "Hey, I'm a level ten fighter. You're just a bartender. I'm going to kick your nuts in." You know. Yeah. So, how much do the NPCs know about the gamey parts of the game? Right. And do when you do your RP stuff. Do you dance around the game topics then, or do you just talk normally and the, the, the NPCs engage with the game topics as well? Right. How much do you do that at the table? Right. Well, I think David Will makes this comment. I think it's good. He goes, uh, I don't care when the players talk hit points to each other. I don't either. It speeds things up and avoids having to waste time trying to explain how they injured and uh, how they think they are to each other. I agree. And I have a player who I really have fun playing with. But sometimes he will just let his character fade off into danger. And he goes, well, nobody checked on me. Or, or he'll be like, well, you wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to ask. It's like, dude, you just got your, you just got attacked. You're down to one hit point. You could feel the, you could feel the fact that you're hurt. If not, then what's the point? Yeah, I don't think it's very useful for for us as at the game table to worry about yeah. character, player knowledge, stuff like this. What we're talking about because sometimes it does, yeah. it slows down gameplay. It, it makes it weird. You have these kind of weirdo discussions. How do you know how many hit points you have? It's stupid. <laughs> how about we just not worry about it? How do you but, know? I'm a, how do you know I'm a level five monk? Well, you did stunning fist three times in that fight, and you're done. Right. right. <laughs> how do you know I'm done? Right. So, I guess the reason I, I I thought about this for weirdness is because how this could affect the game world mm -hmm. and how funky it could get by. You know how NPCs interact with you, sure, right? So, with your level, with your character's choices, going uh, when you level up, does your character know that there are choices, or do you just imagine it happens holistically along the way, and that the character doesn't actually make choices; it just happens. Do the do shopkeepers try to sell you things that you would uh, that would be good for your character? And you discuss, hey, I'm a an assassin, a third level assassin. I could really use um, a sword with these properties because when I become tenth level, it's really going to kick in. Right. So, do you have those? Dis I mean, to me, it, it makes. You can make the game world a little bit funky by having that be something that the the NPCs engage with as well. But it could just be the it could just be the meta of the game, meaning let's let players talk and say what they want. But in the story, in the event, in the actual adventure, they're probably not saying that. Maybe they're saying, "I would like to have that sword. I think I could use it really well." But I mean, I get it. it, it it's a weird thing. Um, Bruce uh, Lombardo at Dick's Division says. I'll be happy to stop the game to introduce the concept to a new player who is play, playing the game competently at 12th level and help her understand what her character knows. Sure, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. That's a good thing. Um, Art Man comes up with a little more uh, 
information. I let the players talk as much as they want. I just ask them to be involved when play is happening and be responsible for their own immersion. Make it real. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's up to them for immersion. Sure. Um, Darthic. I believe that the PCs know most of the info, just maybe not as far as level, not to the degree we use it. How often have you heard he's not on my level? No PCs don't know level don't know the level, but have an idea. I agree. They would probably, that's probably how it would actually be. But in the game, you know, I mean, at some point, we're not talking, we're not trying to talk about metagaming, but just the idea of how much do you know? I mean, does that, does it apply though to like, it is kind of meta. It so is kind of meta. Yeah. How, I guess it is. how involved in the meta are the play, the characters, the players are all in the meta, but how much are the characters in the meta and how, much do you want that to be in your game to, and how weird it can get for the game from, from a particular point of view. Most of the time, I don't really even worry about it. I don't care about um, jargon, you know, game jargon being discussed at the table. Because you are playing a game. Because we are playing a game and it doesn't ruin my immersion because I don't care. My immersion is all up in my head. I can while people are talking about how many hit points they have, I can easily just imagine them, you know, big pool of blood on the floor, or maybe it's just a scratch or whatever. It, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, there's kind of two comments that are interesting, more than two, actually. Um, well, Legion says in his games, players don't talk about actual hit point numbers. They describe their wounds. This is facilitated in games that have wounds like World of Darkness, Earth Dawn, Y-Z-E. I should know that one, but I don't. Year zero engine. Ah, thank you. And Larry Elliott says he's a new player. He appreciates help from the DM and other players with character info. Yeah, knowing what your character would do, for sure. Um, I'm not sure. What is Bruce saying here? Bruce Lombardo says, Would a rogue of my level make such a stupid mistake of going into a room without checking corners and looking for magical surveillance? Okay, so this is... That's a way more meta than what I'm I'm getting at here, but I, I understand what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of expecting the DM mm -hmm. to tell you what your character would do. So I say that's more of a player, you know, let the player do what the player's going to do with their character. Yeah, I agree. Even Even skilled people sometimes make dumb mistakes when they shouldn't. Right, right. Well, fall for something they know that they shouldn't. Bruce says, Year Zero Engine, for those that desire blandness in their gaming diet. <laughs> no opinion. I've had some fun with it. I'm just going to say, I don't, I don't really, like I said earlier, I don't care if people say what their hit point numbers are. No, or not really. Use jargon. It doesn't bother me. Never... Yeah, I think you're probably in line with Iron Man because I don't care about meta. Don't worry about it. If it affects the battles and they don't know, then they don't know. Other than that, it, that let them talk and plan stuff. Okay. You're I think what I'm more, I'm, I, I'm more into less game, uh, less player versus character knowledge. Right. More how much is that meta involved in the game world? And does it really even matter? Because right. for, for me, I don't care. Cause what, what happens if, what happens when, what would, would the, would the DM, ask the players or for through the NPC or refer to the characters levels 
or I don't think you're strong enough to do this, mm -hmm. would the NPCs ask your characters about game stuff? It doesn't come up a whole lot, but I think that I was just imagining how the meta of the game, if it, how much of it is knowledge in the world, how it would affect your, your, your play at the table. Right. Yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't think it does much. I, I think it probably in the end, it won't. I don't think it'll affect it much. And I think if a young player said, I asked that uh, guard what level he is, I'd be like, okay, um, probably what you mean is you want to know how much experience he has. And his reply is, well, uh, I've been a guard for 10 years. I, kinda, I know what I'm doing. He's not going to be like, I'm a third level fighter. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't do it, but other DMs might say that. He answers, I'm a third level fighter. Alrighty then. But I mean, I don't know how much. So if, what about leaning into this idea? I mean, could you lean into all those words into your game and just let it be? It seems like it might become a video game. You have a little Depends green. Depends on how much you do. They got a green symbol over their head. Oh, they're lower level than us. They got a blue symbol. They're perfect. They got a red symbol. Don't mess. They're purple. Oh my God, you better worship them. Yeah, I don't think that um, that wouldn't be very good. No. <laughs> I go to town and look for level five characters to join well, my party. The, the, I think the way you could do that, if you want to, I mean, it's odd that when you go into town, you will have a, the, the NPC that's giving you the quest will say a phrase like, hey, I was looking for a group of adventures just like you. When they don't even know anything about you, except what you look like. Yeah, true. So because the DM is just trying to get you into the adventure, they're just trying to hook you in, which is fine. I mean, if you wanted to use them, Elle says uh, alignment language is talking in meta and game. Sure, if you want to. I hate them, but knock yourself out. You, you could do that. It's, it's a thing. So, um, yeah. But no, the, the player, the, when you, having thought bubbles above your uh, the <laughs> NPCs is going to, I mean, you have to describe that, and that's kind of weird. That is kind of weird. You could say that there's kind of an aura thing that players could see. You can tell your tougher than them you can tell that they're tougher than you kind of deal but sure in in many novels and stories people say oh i can tell that this is a capable fighter just by the way they move yes in so many words sure and i i'm, I'm not against that i mean like i said i don't i don't think it's wrong to talk in statistics but it's it's not bad. I mean, Darth Beek says it when talking, when talking about stats, it's harder to talk about them in character, but it can be done. For example, I have an IQ of 120, which would be a 12 intelligence. I don't know if that's correct conversion. I can lift this amount of my weight. Sure. Oh, one magic bean has some answers. He just needs to know the question. <laughs> What's up, Bean? Uh, he has the answer. Yeah, the question is basically, uh, should you use character stat language in game? Just Hello, game, game language, gamey language. Yeah, the uh, the merchant goes. I'm having all sorts of trouble 
with these hill giants attacking my caravan. Whoa, whoa, we can't do that. We're only first level. Or you go up to the merchant and say, hey, I need something to give me a plus two on my strength. <laughs> yeah. You got I a mean, plus two strength item? Do you have something like that? I mean, are, I mean, is it a big deal if you do that? Darth says it's just easy. You're, you're sounding like Joe now, Darth. It's just easier to talk bluntly than having to get creative in how you say something. I agree, but if you're going to have fun, this is about this is a creative medium. I can't believe you guys would say that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I understand. Um, uh, oh, some, some part, some some versions of the game that give you a bone, like they have masterwork weapons. That's something that is no problem using. It's a jargon, but it's also something that could be in a real game, in the game world. This is I'm, a high-quality item, and the <laughs> word we use for it is masterwork. And I mentioned this last about. night we were chatting. Iron Man says in D&D you could use the level titles or something. Yeah, because yep, we were yeah. talking about this last night. But wouldn't it be weird? You're a cut purse. Wait a minute. I'm a purloiner. <laughs> I have leveled up to purloiner. But, I However, mean, yeah, you could. Once you get the name level in certain versions of the game, it's the same name level until – you know, it's forever. Like wizard, they get eleventh level. Your wizard for there until you you're done. I think wizard's easy though. I'm an eleventh rank wizard. I'm eleventh level. Even in the world, you could have wizards could refer to each other by level because that's right. how they rank and themselves. The, the monks have uh, a class a level title yep. for every level. I think sure. assassins are the same way, perhaps until they get to their name level of assassin tenth level, but they might have. No, I'm thinking druids. Druids have a level. I think druids and monks at some one version of the game or another. The druids and the monks have a title for every level instead of having a repeated title. Yeah, um, and some people here that one magic beam. I agree with this. A blacksmith in game isn't going to say I have a plus six sword for sale. I agree. It wouldn't in my world, but eventually at some point I would use. I mean, if it was me, you come and say well, you're selling that sword. Yeah, this is a. The sword, because it was plus six, it's like, it's got this history, it's this name, it's very powerful. You will find it to be lightweight and very, it penetrates armor and is a deadly blade, one of the most deadly I've ever seen in the realm. Yeah, so you could have two blacksmiths, and they both give the same story, and one gives you a plus one sword when you give them the money, and the other one gives you a plus six sword when you give them the money. Right. And and then you don't know until, unless you say, can I hold it? And most sensible merchants will say, hell no. <laughs> right. If you have a magic item merchant. So on some level, you have to divulge that game information. Mm-hmm. You do. Or you have players that are going to be like, I'm not going to the merchant because they're not going to really tell me anything except for the flavor text. Right. Exactly. So. Which isn't going to translate. Often. Which I mean, yeah. And, and I think you just, I think you, that's when you I'm, talk Unless you have standard things like the flame, they, flame tongue. Mm-hmm. A flame tongue is a flame tongue. And if that's what you're looking for, then it doesn't matter what the stats are. I think I want the I want the role play part, the interaction between me and the player in the scene. Oh, you guys love that. In the interaction with the with the merchant to be more story uh, oriented. But I also, which I mean, I want to be narrative, but I think once we do it, if the player goes, well, man, I don't know what it is. It's a plus six sword of defending. (laughs) You know, I will tell them that because I just don't want them to be a big, you know, mystery. 
Yeah, L, Meta has to come across sooner or later. Correct. I agree. Come, when the when the when it comes down to it. And you know, some DMs are like, hey, he's got a plus. He's got any weapon that's less than plus three, he's got, and he'll sell for this much because they just don't want to bother with it. That's fine. And probably if I was playing a certain type of game, if I was playing a game that was more about just delving into dungeons, getting loot, and being powerful, and nothing else to it, okay. Maybe I'd do that too, but it's really not my bag. I'd much rather, I'd much rather it be a, a memorable story scene as much as I can. But I'm also, you know, I'm more of a RP guy. So, to each their own. If you don't like it, that's fine. Do your own thing. So. And what if you have a treasure hoard? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even have to come down to buying and selling. There's well, a treasure hoard. Party. At that point, at that point, I'm not going to say much. I'm just going to describe the way it looks. And when the wizards start casting, identify, and detect magic, that's when they'll get the, the game information. Yeah, yeah, right. But you could, but if you wanted to, you could flavor that up too, and just say, yeah, the game information after you give it, the game information is this. But players might get tired of it. I mean, I'm sure I talk too much when I DM at times. So fair enough. To each their own is what I say. Anything else? I feel like we kind of beat this dude in the ground. Right, right. So at some point, unless you're, if your immersion, if your immersion depends on not using game terminology during your game, uh, your immersion needs some help. In my hmm. Let's see here. Legion says, Yes, it is a game. We will talk meta when necessary or to ensure we're not causing nonsensical delays, but we'll try to talk as a character in a world first and foremost. I agree. I would prefer that. That's my preference. Oops, sorry. Did not mean to hit that. But anyway. <laughs> Glad one magic bean says, I'm just going to grab the treasure. I don't care. <laughs> Good move, dude. I like that in my world. You're playing on my I, table. I have a, a cloak of uh, poisonousness right here for you. Just throw that thing on. <laughs> right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did All you right. want to move on to? Uh, well, what do you think? It's nine o'clock. Should we do one more se segment? I think we can. I think we can do the. Yeah, this doesn't seem very long. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This next one was, even though Basic Expert did do this a couple of days ago, this didn't bring it on. What brought it on was uh, this idea of a uh, not another fantasy heartbreaker. And that, that has morphed from Ron Edwards' premise from way back in the day. I could try to show this article. I'm going to try to present arms here. Um, let me find it. There it is. Well, it's showing. Is it showing? Yeah, I don't, I don't, we're not going to try to read this. I just want to. It's from The Forge. I don't know much about Rod Ed Ron Edwards, and I probably don't think he's the greatest. I met him once at Gen Con many, many years ago. And when I say I met him, I looked at his Sorcerer game. I don't want to knock the guy, but he seemed to have a dude. He kind of had an attitude about things. And in this article, he's more talking about how every fantasy game just seems to be D&D &D with slightly changes. Would that be a good summary, Joe? Well... It could be, but I don't know any of these games. But what right. he's saying, he, yeah. I don't think it's from a rules point of view. He has a, a, a paragraph in here where he's, he's saying the gameplay on a on a very broad level is exactly like D&D &D or AD. He says AD&D &D because of, you know, AD&D. &D. Um, 
Yeah. So you have very broadly, you have a, a GM, you have adventurers who uh, go out and do challenging things and they could die at any moment. The DM tells you, says what's what, and you don't have a whole lot of uh, say so. Right. And all of the gameplay in all these games boils down to that. That's what he claimed. And this became something a lot bigger. Um, one of the first definitions that I got, because the point was, what is a fantasy heartbreaker, right? And I think the basic expert said he's not making a general fantasy RPG because there's too many of them out there. It was, um, and it was too many out there and they've already been done. He would rather do something more specific. Let me stop the screen. It's not that important. It's a small article. Joe will provide the link. But I found a definition online that said the basic notion, and this is a little different. The basic notion is that nearly all the listed games have one great idea buried in them somewhere. That's why they break my heart. And this is supposed to be from Ron Edwards, because the nuggets are so buried and bemired within all the painful material I listed above. This is from 2002. And then later on, it says a fantasy heartbreaker is essentially a knockoff uh, to describe a species of games published in the RPG boom of the 90s, long after their purported innovations could be considered original. The term usefully described games which are mired in preconceptions arising from the D&D paradigm. A criticism of the term that, that it implies dismissal of the idea, you can make D&D, but better, which might be a desirable goal for some designers. So I think it went from that to a lot of people just say, "Why? here's where I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm mixing two ideas. Why should you even bother making a fantasy game that's generic anyway? I don't know. Maybe it's a labor of love. You just want to do it for the sake of having said you've done it. Right. And whether it sells a, another cop, because that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I, it doesn't I want, sell at all. You've still done it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I don't know why people. <sighs> they want to get out their take sure. on the D D structure. Yeah. I don't like this, that, and the other thing. How about I change this, that, and the other thing, make it a little a few other tweaks, maybe throw in a setting like mm -hmm. DCC has its own implied and um unimplied and just explicit setting that's yes. mixed up into the rules. And there's quirky the, rules. Quirky rules. So you can so people want to do that. And some people want to just say, let's boil down D&D, &D, fix a couple of problems, and make it generic, like D&D, uh, &D, um, not D&D, &D, old school essentials. Mm -hmm. Right? It's yep. just... It's, it's, OSE is, is BX. Right. It's just BX cleaned up. Right. So some people want to do that, and mm -hmm. other people want to buy that. And right. maybe it doesn't make them a bundle of money, but these days you can just put a PDF out on the internet and charge a couple of bucks for it. And it's almost all profit. Yeah. Like I think it was L that made the comment earlier about the dragon slayer game, which is coming out by Greg Gillespie. And then Legion of myth made the comment. He's got enough. He said it many times. He's got enough OSR games. He doesn't want anymore. I understand that. Um, I wonder though, is there any way, I think that's fine, but if you're going to just do clones and, you know, D and D with a little, with the names filed off and I don't, I'm not saying that as a knock, you're just going to add little tweaks and twists, but it's still essentially roll a D 20, hit an armor class, maybe use Thaco and hit dice and hit points and saving throws, no matter how you modify them. Um, 
I guess I could see why someone could say, what's the point? But someone might, but someone might find a version of the game that they really like. Right. Here's, here's another rationale that I hear people say or read. That version of D&D is no longer supported. But Old School Essentials is supported. So yep. I'm going to buy this and I'm going to have game support. People that will put out more content instead of it being a dead product line. So that's some people's rationale. Um, so in this article, there was uh, a, an abbreviation that I didn't understand. And that's mm -hmm. GNS. So I, L keeps using it here too. And I don't even know what GNS means. It's a type of way to play. Uh, I think I'm typing it in now. He's got it. He's got it. I'm not going to oh, do it. Okay, so it's a paradigm of... Uh, I, I just did anyway. Yeah. Sorry, L. Not trying to harsh your sweet jump on the typage. Game you, got, scenario. you got the S and the N backwards. I know. I screwed it up. So, <laughs> so now, L's got the right of it. So Okay, so he, so he was a purporter of that. Um, game simulation narrative theory. And then yeah, then yeah, done. it's a theory he's famous for. There's a lot of talk of the Forge was a famous website. I, I don't think many people pay much attention to it anymore. As like the three was it like the three pillars or not three pillars, three ways to play role playing games as a gamist as simulating combat versus a narrative. And I don't think a lot of people really care that much anymore. Uh, they might they might want more of a narrative game, and it might be a thing. You, I'm well, sure you can. Google all it. there's there all of those elements are in most people's games that I've played to one degree or another. Or, or they put them in there. I well, mean, what I'm saying is, is that all the games that I've played, there's a little, there is a varying degree of gamist, simulationist, and narrative, right? Some game, some people play with a lot of narrative. Some people just play with a little bit. You know, this is kind of going where I want to go with Darth's comment. It's not so much the fantasy heart, heartbreaker history and the articles that I brought them up. Darth says, Oh, dang it. People keep saying, people keep commenting, and I love them. At this point, I might be better to create, says Darthiac, a setting. Add your custom rules for existing systems. I may be wrong and talking about my butt, but that's just how I see the TTRPG market. I don't know. You've seen it said something similar a couple times. I have, and I don't know if that's true. Uh, I've heard a lot from people that say system, system agnostic things don't sell all the system agnostic settings don't sell all that well and they're right right and there's you can make a setting for a particular set of rules but the setting is probably especially if you make it for make a setting for D D uh or not D D. Mm -hmm. essential what we were just what was it called osc osc make a setting for osc but you can use that setting for any version of D&D that's out there. Absolutely. You could even that's, probably use it for riffs or whatever. But yeah. if you don't attach rules to it, people probably won't buy it. No, because they'll be like, it doesn't feel like a game. It's just a story. But you can but focus more on the setting. You could. And, still, and it can still be a product that is designed for a setting, but it's primarily a setting. I think even non-old people agreed with Iron Man. I'm too old to worry about game theory. I know what I like. Yeah, exactly. I, I know what I'm looking for. I think it's gone down. It used to be really a big discussion thing. Like I said, they had a website called The Forge. It might still be going. They would talk, you know, kind of, I'd call highfalutin that I didn't really care too much about. 
Um, what I'm wondering though is, do you think that is, and this is connecting to not really just mud sore, but kind of, there's room to make money in the hobby. Yeah. Shadow Dark has proven that beyond sure, sure. measure. Whether it'll be a shot in the dark, who knows? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no uh, fun uh, uh, I don't even mean that. But anyway, or, you know, other games. And I saw in Professor Dungeon Master, I watched two minutes of his newest video today. And there's a game where Clyde Caldwell's doing a lot of the art. And it's an old D&D game with a lot of deadliness to it. This comes in with four books on the Kickstarter. But I mean, at some point, is it better to just, is it better to just be happy in a lane is there any hope? We saw a flash of Pathfinder challenging D&D, which was, I think it was more of a perfect storm and it didn't last. Is there a, should you start making a game thinking, I'm going to try to challenge D&D? I mean, because I think most of us here would say we hate the hands that control D&D now. I don't think there's any point in making the game to uh, challenge because to me, that would be a heartbreak. That would be yeah, definitely. That's heartbreak. the heartbreak. Yeah. You make a game that you like to play, and if you put, if you, if you get enough of a following, you may make money off of it, and may make right. a living out of it. Right. There's a possibility. But that brand's hard to be. Very and, and it is a and it is a brand now. You would probably have to take advantage of a a lull in the market mm-hmm. for them. So let's say Wizards of the Coast all of a sudden made even more crazy business decisions and how and shocking they, and they, and they actually stopped getting propped up the D and D division of wizards of the coast stopped propping it up with the other stuff. Right. And so now it has to exist on its own and then, and it can't anymore for some reason. Don't know what that would be. Maybe, maybe more blue haired people in charge, but that would have to be what you did. Not, you think, not they have too much brand recognition already. How about this? Do you think there's a room for a new kid on the block for tabletop RPGs if D and D goes digital? And as some people have said, Big uh, Baldur's Gate three, if they go down that route, becomes more of a video game. Will it open up an opportunity for someone else? Only if they don't pivot. So let's say let's say Wizards of the Coast for some reason, goes all in with this new paradigm. And their whole thing is um, focused for online play and they ditch their paper print products mm-hmm. or they attach their books so tightly to their online products that you can't really play one without the other. That would be a mistake, in my opinion, and they would lose customers, in my opinion, and they shouldn't do it, but they might. And it might affect their bottom line but they could easily pivot back to just being being um, 99% print product uh, or PDF focused. It would right. be very easy for them to pivot right back because they have, they have all of the um, infrastructure there. If they ditched that infrastructure long enough, it might rot. I don't know how it would do that, but it might, um, they might lose that infrastructure, but they have a huge, print product and PDF product infrastructure already. They're not going to sell that off. They're not going to get rid of that. That would be stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, They can do both. Yeah. Right. They've spent a lot of money already. 
Garth says, I will not try and challenge Watts. He just makes something good. And if it overtakes Watts, then it's just a bonus. Right now, I think players just want good games that work. And Watts is currently failing. And Bruce kind of supports that. I mean, and it's a little, you know, and Bruce is, you know, flowery language. Uh, you just keep preaching to people who are actually playing games, really not giving a crap about um, modified about the agenda message shit. I'm, I'm not afraid to say that word and trying to have a good time at their tables. Yeah, that's true. Now I do think L makes a comment here that some people really believe this. And I think maybe it's true. Fantasy heartbreakers defines OSR. I don't know. Three house rules added to clone of existing game. Pay me money for a copy of something. You already have 30, 30 of that's kind of legions. You know, he's in that boat. He, I don't think he's as, as, as much animus, but he definitely is like, um, I've already I'm got kind of done. Yeah, I've already got all this. Uh, I, I think that's fine. They uh, still, some of them still sell. They might not sell hugely, but no. there are people that make a living on on making third party, whatever you want to call it, OSR type products. Um, not many, but some do. And I don't care if it's like D and D, but slightly different. If people like like it, then they, I don't. I'm not opposed to it. Who cares? But if you are, if you think you're going to make a product um, that's going to challenge Wizards of the Coast's current market share, you are lying to yourself. Yeah, I mean, uh, Critical Role being commented down there might do something, but I don't think so. I've seen a preview of the game; it doesn't look all that great to me. Um, yes, yeah, exactly. Legion of Myth. I appreciate all games people want to make. I just don't need any more making for other people, not me. Yeah. It, don't need to get any more complicated than that. No, and it's really not. And if someone makes a game, an OSR game, like, honestly, if I'd had an option, I guess if I'd had an option to buy BX for the same price I could have gotten OSE at, the collector in me would have been tempted, but it only would have been for collectability, not for readability. OSE is a much better product in design. It's easier to follow. Not that it's hard, but it's just better. And it's nice looking. It feels like you can read it so fast because the print type is big for old eyes, you know? And I like it. So I appreciate that it's a thing. And uh, Greg Gillespie's uh, Dragon Slayer does interest me, but I'm going to take a hiatus. I'm taking a hiatus on Kickstarters. So I may pick it up one day, but probably not anytime soon. You know, Iron Man, they say they are, because he says D&D by Watsy is going all AI-driven gaming. I've heard this. I've heard the rumor. We've yet to see it. There'll be something in a different market than what we do. It's not going to be... I, I don't believe that they're going to abandon their books. I don't think so, but I think they could be so enamored. No, but I think they could be so enamored of the um, VTT they're making, which they have to because they're putting big money into that and the success of Baldur's Gate 3, that they're like, hey, this is kind of the way to... I believe they they believe that's the future. And they may be right. It may be that a lot of people want to play that. I don't. Well, some people do. Some yeah. people don't. If they abandon the, sm I think, smaller segment of the, the hobby that wants to do everything on their computer, then um, they need a new business manager. They yeah. can do both. You don't. Yeah. They don't have to abandon their their uh, traditional tabletop line to right. do the AI line. They I don't, don't have to. I don't think they will. 
I mean, I think they want to ban it initially because, but they're already saying that they're only you're only going to be able to buy their books certain ways, and they're not going to be printing. They're going to be pushing you more toward the updates on D and D Beyond and their their stuff. They say all this, and I think some of the impetus is that uh, over the last few years, because of various reasons, mostly nonsense reasons, mm -hmm. paper has gone paper products paper costs have gone up because of toilet paper fiends essentially yeah and um that's not going to be permanent at some point the, the paper market's going to go back to an equilibrium where printing is is more cost effective because paper had been dirt cheap for a long time until you know your toilet paper bandits from the the uh, COVID's uh, issues. Yeah, but that's I, gonna that's gonna go back to a certain equilibrium. It's not going to be exactly the same because the prices of everything have gone up because reasons, and that's going to take a few years to to if it's going to resolve. It's going to take a few years to resolve. I talk to Todd says, I think the market has hit the saturation limit on RPGs. I think he's right. Just like superhero movies, are get, we're getting fatigued. And we will begin to see a decline in the hobby due to oversaturation. The hobby could, not will, but could stagnate. I yeah, think there's this a, a possibility. Yeah, it, it could. But And I think that uh, in that kind of a stagnated market, if Wizards of the Coast decides they want to take the RPG market in a totally new, untested not substantiated at all market. I mean, people like watching live plays. They like playing online. Mm -hmm. But they also still like playing face-to-face. -face. I think it's just harder to get them there. And most face RPGs... Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think, well, look, dude, we have 20-something people. I'm going to tell you this right now. We have 20-something people. How many games are we playing in? Well, I have some circumstances that I, I'm I'm kind of grounded. Fair but, enough. Even before yeah, then, it was not, you were you were but, difficult to get a hold yeah, on, dude. Yeah, sure, sure. And and you're and you're not you're not the exception. And I play in a game uh, tw once every two weeks with Magic Bean. We've been pretty dang good. Not yet. He asked about my module. We're going to though. I'm going to mention it again. I mentioned it once earlier, but I'm going to mention it again because good news. One Magic Bean. Here's the physical copy. The module is out. But um, I, th I think that's a the difference thing. between what their Watsi wants to do. Sure. Watsi wants to cut the GM out with their AI-driven gaming. Sure. Because then it'll be really easy to funnel just player craft. If the AI can do can do all the mechanical stuff behind the scene and be a good enough, a good enough um, dungeon master to the masses and i'm not pooping on them just people can be satisfied with less there are people that can be maybe younger players then maybe they'll be happy with that and then eventually it'll be just like you know what we're just going to give you cooler and cooler stuff balance won't matter because the ai will just will just go ahead and you know he's not going to have any feelings about a game session being too easy or too hard Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Arnman, I agree with this. The younger players that I have seen play 5e will be all for online against AI as long as they are playing together and the bonuses at their costumes will be visible. There's a, it's a portion that I'm not sure are the gamers. 
I mean, when I no, that's not true. Take that back. They're gamers. They're not like us, though. Okay. A portion Gen, of them. Gen Con. Yep. Is their attendance going up or down? Up. And that's live playing. Mm -hmm. That's face to face playing. Yes, but there's a lot going on more than just sure, playing. sure, sure. Yep. So I, I guess and that's one, and that's once a to, year. You have to figure out. Yeah, but you have once to a year, four out. days. Yeah, yeah. You have to figure out if their table space is going up or down or staying the same. Not yeah, just I, attendance. I don't know if Demo knows, but I know they said that. Uh, my connection to Gen Con was just through a couple of guys we know. They said the cosplay stuff was down. There was a lot of people running around. Um, well, Iron Man, they said cosplay was down. Gen Con was still up. Um, yeah, are, are they tourists? I don't know. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to blast them. They just play differently than me. And but I think I think there's going to be a portion of the people that Five E brought in that are going to give up because Six E is oh, sure, not, sure. not going to sure. be that. I mean, no, our, a, a good portion. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what size no. is our tabletop fanatics or what size are the people who will play online and how much that will drive the hobby going forward. I have no idea. Right. All right. I think we've probably beat that to the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but. Yes. Why or why we should, why we shouldn't. What's yes. the point of having a fantasy heartbreaker? Yep. Um, it varies depending on people, so it's all subjective. It's the same reason I did this. Yeah. Because I wanted to. Wanted to. That was it. I wanted to. I've wanted to forever, and I want to write a role-playing game. I'm going to so hopefully it, do it. But you I shouldn't write go into it trying to oust the top guy right? because it's not going to happen. Um, if you can make it your living, great. But don't count on it. So keep your day job if you can. Yeah. And Iron Man, I do agree. He just made something very, very true. The balloon thing? No, Iron Man. Oh, Iron Man. Iron Man said, I don't, I don't underestimate the AIDM of the future. I do not. Uh, chat GPT 4.0 is pretty awesome. I think it will work and will work well. It will happen. I agree. I think it will. It'll work well enough for people to like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people people want AI DMs anyway because, well, I think Watsy wants AI DMs because then they can spread their the costs out to all the players evenly because mm -hmm. we've, we've talked about how Wizards of the Coast don't didn't like the fact that the DM, you got one guy in a group that's, that's footing most of the bill. They'd rather have everybody footing the bill. And the only way you can do that from their perspective is to eliminate the DM from the game. Yep. AI is the only way to do it online. Yeah. You and can do it at your table too because mm -hmm. you can have a laptop there or a PC there with the AI running the game. Yeah, L says uh, uh, modules are not heartbreakers. People need modules, not redundant copies of existing rules. I agree, yeah. but I, I'm saying people should do their modules. They should do their adventures. They should do an RPG if they want to yeah. if, and, and do it for that reason. Don't do it because you think you're going to make a million bucks. Maybe you'll be a Shadow Dark. Maybe you'll be Mudsword. <laughs> if someone can figure out a new direction or 
a new direction for this hobby mm-hmm. that's good for the hobby that gets it has a good a big following i don't really think ai is that but i could mm-hmm. be wrong true but then more power to them all right i don't know how they're going to do it yeah i don't know either so let me scoot out of here anything to report on big geek emporium I know you can get uh, Horde Wars and my adventure there now. Yeah, my adventure the newest things are Horde Wars and and um, Tragedy at Tygon's Falls. Yeah. Yes, by Randy Nichols. <laughs> With much help by my bro right here. Um, Big Geek Con, September 22nd, 23rd. Today is the 5th, 17 days away uh, at the Four Points Hotel in Saginaw, Michigan. Our motto is going to be try that at a small con. Uh, schedule is shaping up. I'm going to add Darth to it for an afternoon on Saturday. I'm going to send it to Joe right after I'm done here. He can put it up somewhere. And we need some more GMs. We got more room. Um, we're looking at 20-something people. One Magic Bean has his ticket. That is awesome. Can't wait to see him and our other homies. Um, so the day of the show uh, will cost you 40 bucks for the two days if you come if you buy your ticket now, it's going to be 30. I'm going to talk to Joe about ending it next week. We'll say tabletop events. We'll have an announcement on when we're going to stop allowing people to buy tabletop event tickets. And uh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. Darth says 11 work days left. Right on, brother. We're going to be gaming like crazy people. Yeah. So, yeah. And I want to have a few people. I've got a few folks. I'm going to send copies out to uh, PDF copies to review. I was really hoping that uh, Jack the 71st would be on here and let me know if he's reviewed it yet. I I checked his website, but I haven't heard yet. So I'm excited to get people's reviews. Are there any on Big Geek Emporium? I need to read. I need to look and see. Have there been any reviews for uh, Tygon's Falls, Joe? Hold on. Oh, you're going to check it up for me. Yeah. So I'm. I'm excited. So we're going to have three slots each day. As I mentioned before, Friday and Saturday, we're going to game hard and game often. It is going to be fun. We'll have lots to do. Might even have some drinks to purchase and some snacks there on the site. And there is a uh, Uno's Pizzeria attached to the hotel and lots of places to eat nearby. Some better than others. Some fast food, some slow food, some food you have to catch on your own. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you need to read the review, Joe. It's okay. I was just wondering if there were any. It's not a big deal. I need to get blasted so I can get better. All right. I'm just looking to see if there is one at all. I wasn't necessarily necessarily going to read it, but I was going to let you know. Sure. Uh, Let's see. That's been rated. Let's see. Is there? Oh, yeah. There is a review here. Cool, then I'll read it sometime. A second. Yeah. Excellent. We'll find out. Two you cool. got two two reviews? Oh, uh, maybe it's repeating. Oh, okay. The there same. is at least one, Patrick said. Yeah. So excellent. Demo commented on that. So yeah, there'll be uh, physical copies. Uh the PDF. Like I said, I got thirty of these bad boys for sale for ten bucks. Might even give one way as a prize. A couple of folks had mentioned bringing, bringing prize stuff. I'm going to bring some stuff. Joe needs to bring some stuff that we can give away uh, that he doesn't want anymore. We got a few. I got a few things I'm going to give away. Unfortunately, it may be stuff nobody wants because it may be it may be Monty Cook crap. 
I'm gonna get rid of some of that stuff. Uh, oh, Iron Man says, "Are reviews anonymous? Are they?" I don't. I have to look and I, I think that it's you can. I don't know if you can make them anonymous on purpose or not. I have to look again. I haven't even looked at the whole review. Yeah, yeah. Thing in a long time. Don't feel. Do you have to purchase to review? <laughs> I would hope so. How can how could you review it without purchasing it? Oh well, if they buy it at Big Geek Con, oh yeah, and not at the site, right? They should be able to. Re- yeah, I mean, if if it's on your site, I'll, I'll I'll promote it. And look, I don't I won't get my feelings hurt. You can tell me I suck. It's my first shot at things. I like it. I think it's I think it's a good adventure. I've run it. It's fun. Um, first playthrough, I killed every single character, so that makes it really good. But. Um, It'll be fine. If you're screen, if, if you're, don't worry about me getting, I will not retaliate. If you're like, man, Randy, you are the worst writer of modules ever. I'll be like, okay, what can I do better? But just telling me that I suck doesn't help. Telling me that I'm just great makes me feel good, but it doesn't really help. <laughs> Armin says he's going to review it to your face. Right on, baby. Tell me what you think. Facial. Just don't punch me. <laughs> you can say it sucks. That's fine. Oh, nice. Oh, look at that. Legion Myth is giving away 30 to 40 books. Nice. Hey, Legion, I need to send you a copy. Should I just... Can I send a PDF in Discord to a person? Is that possible? What? Can I send a link? Can I, like, send a link? Can I send a PDF copy to a person through Discord? I won't punch you, Iron Man. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) It depends on how you're doing it. If you have a link... Let's say you have a link to a copy in your Dropbox or whatever account. Right, like that. that's how I got to do it. Yeah, you'd have or, to post a link like that. Legion, you, just send me your email. That'll be easier. Then I can send yeah. you a PDF directly yeah, to yeah. you. Oh, you hate reading? I, okay. Okay. He doesn't like reading PDFs, though. He will for me. He's he, he loves me enough. Can it's you make t- reading PDFs better for him somehow? Well, because my, he's reading my material, so it's going to be like just awesome. <laughs> Duncan says you can send a PDF. Yeah. Some yeah. Yeah. Dropbox yeah. works. Really? I have I had Dropbox too. I can probably do that. I'll figure it out. Maybe I won't. I'll just say, please send me your Legion <laughs> of Myth. No. <laughs> All right. It's interesting. Maybe he's having the internet read to him. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's about it. So, yeah. if you like to support our show, please like, subscribe, and share us where you're listening or viewing the show. We're all the, on all the socials. I am going to get an X account because I like the name X. I want to be an X man. Oh yeah. And uh, videos and podcast places. You can give us a little cash at PayPal, Streamlabs, Ko-Fi, and Patreon. Though Joe, we got to take that Patreon down, dude. We're not supporting that, are we? We got some people we, we need to support and give them something. Yeah. You need to get, you need to get that. You need to get that. We think we need to drop that or talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, website, uh, biggestgeekespodcast.com. You can email us at the geeks at biggestgeekespodcast.com. We don't have any emails, do we? Uh, or check us out. Check out Big Geek Emporium. That's what I really want. Um, check out biggeekemporium.com. We have games, uh, independent games, all sorts of stuff. We got my module and Horde Wars, which, man, I'm telling you, I can't hype it enough. It is really good. Thank you, Legion. Um, I will not be using X cards L, but I will be an X man, which I've always wanted mm, to be. Mm, mm, mm. Well, Joe, what do you think, man? You ready to boogie? These cats are probably tired of listening to us talk. Some were yeah. tired from the beginning. So, all right, man. Well, this is Randy. And this is Joe. And remember, 
If you can't be big like us, then be geeks like us.